This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. Well, I appreciate, um, you know, all of your work with uh, Crown Refs, you know, in the graphic design department. That's how uh, I think you reached out prior to that about the content, but I know that's how we really connect. So why don't you just tell the, the story of kind of, you know, how we, we connected and what um, which pieces uh, of content you've worked on for us. Yeah. So it was like, you know, obviously I was, I was following your stuff and um, I was liking the content, you know, you were putting out and everything. And, and I was just like, it, you know, I, part of my um, background is, I mean, I've been a graphic designer for like 25 years now. And I used to work at, uh, at a division one university and was doing all the athletic um, stuff for them. And um, so I, I really being an athlete, have been an athlete myself in college, you know, I've just always, if I could put those two things together, graphic design and, and uh, athletics, it was just a good match. And so I was looking at your stuff and, and I was like, you know, let me just throw it out there. Just like, Hey, you know, if you need something, I'm, I'm here to do it. It's something that I really enjoy. It's, it's uh, I'm passionate about it. Like I am uh, officiating. And so, yeah, that, that's how we reached out. And, and um, so we, we got a few things, a few small things going off and then, uh, then uh, you came up with a, a pretty big idea. Um, with the uh with the nba refs and kind of doing it in the avenger style poster and you you're like you asked me like can you do that and i was like yeah i can do that so you know we we got all the stuff and we put it together and it was a um it was a it was a really fun project to work on i was really happy with the way it uh it came out oh it was spectacular i have it up in my gym still um james williams i uh, just i just showed it to him and kane because we had them on last week yeah um you know what? Yeah, it, it was a kind of a big idea. And I realized very soon that into the process, I just could not execute that, that poster. It was just, it needed to be uh, professionally done. So yeah, it's, it's really awesome. I, I wish we could maybe, you know, think about doing it every year or doing, doing something similar, but yeah, that, that, that referee poster is uh, one of my honest fa- favorite pieces that we've ever shared. I, it was almost like a, a gift for, for the community and, and definitely for the NBA community. Yeah. Um, I, I know. Yeah. Um, so you're doing sports content for a college. That's a fun gig. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's what I did. My, um, my current job for the past five and a half years is I'm a marketing coordinator um for uh the city i work in for the parks and rec department um so i don't get to design quite as much at that job as i I did some of my previous ones but um yeah that was just you know i I worked in higher education and doing graphic design work for about 12 years uh in in just in higher ed alone um so that was especially when i was able to do the athletic stuff yeah that was that was a ton of fun and you know brian you were very helpful in kind of helping me launch the patreon site and and the community and you know we have a few members from the community on the call tonight um and that was a really you know like pivotal moment i guess for for my career and i wanted to put my best foot forward with as far as like the images that i put on that that site and 
and I thought you did an amazing job with that too. And it still looks great too. Uh, I know you just recently did the other tier that we had, the one-to-one -one tier. So thanks again for that. Um, Absolutely. It was uh, when you, you know, when you told me that idea that you had going with it, I was like, oh no, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's rock that out. And it's cool too, because I, I for a couple of the pieces that we collaborated on, you know, I had like the initial idea, but I knew I needed, needed help and you were able to really come in and kind of execute my vision um, perfectly. So, I, you know, I look forward to, to more pieces in the future. I'm definitely going to be Absolutely. knocking on your door. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so let's uh, just start with like your referee story. I know you're a Division One women's official. Let's uh, rewind uh, kind of your journey, talk about some of the steps, some of the things you learned on your way up to where you are now. Sure. Um, I can deep dive in it as much as you want. Uh, I'll give you the Synopsis here is uh, in 2005, I had moved back to Lynchburg, uh, where I live in Virginia, and um, I was, you know, working at the university and a buddy of mine uh, said he worked high school basketball, officiating high school basketball. And it's, you know, it's funny growing up playing, playing sports and, and uh, playing college football for a little bit. I, I just never thought about officiating. Nobody ever told me that, hey, you know, you can make a few extra bucks officiate like I just it just didn't cross my mind. But uh, he's like, yeah, you can. And so in 2005, I started refing uh, high school basketball. And um, it's funny because the second year, you know, they always talk about the second year being the toughest. Uh, and, you know, like uh, some of the things that have come out have showed a lot of people leave after their second year. Um, and I, I remember leaving and going to go do a game. And I was just like, man, do I really want to do this? And I was like, it was earlier in the season. I was like, no, I made a commitment. I'm going to I'm going to stick through this. And then you know, I ended up having some really fun games that year too. And then my, my assigner and my supervisors here, they were like, you know, you need to, to come to some college camps. There's a, uh, where we are in Virginia, there's the old Dominion athletic conference, um, is the, is the D3. And then there's also USA South. Um, and those two, uh, D3 conferences combined to, to put, uh, uh, their camp together. And, um, so I ended up going, um, and in 2008, I, I got picked up. Now, it was a men's camp. Um, so I actually started out on the men's side. Um, and so, you know, my journey started from there, and, and uh, I, I worked for um, Greg Bennett uh, on, the, on the men's side, and the ODAC was just, uh, he's just a, he still runs it. Um, phenomenal guy, fantastic teacher. Uh, I really credit him for lay in the groundwork a lot for um uh my mechanics for coverage like just kind of all that that stuff he just gave me such a really good base um you know to 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 build upon um you know and then from there i i ended up working for um uh joe forte and stuff like that and i worked in his conference carolinas and um there towards the uh at about 2014 i had i was in the big south um, what happened with me, because my, you know, everybody has their own journeys, um, with me by the last two years, um, I just wasn't having fun. Um, you know, it was just, I just, I, it was almost like a grind. Like I, I wasn't, I was still doing the games, but I wasn't really enjoying it. Um, felt like a little bit of that passion had, had kind of, uh, kind of gone out of me and I, I was actually going to walk away, um. By that time, you know, Mike Eads was running the Mountain East Conference and I was working for Eads and um, down in West Virginia. And I, and I, you know, I was calling and chatting with him, too. And, um, you know, and I was I talked to my 
other supervisors and and then some fellow officials and stuff and um you know they they understood but I, I had a friend of mine that had been working on the women's side and he's just like he's like why don't you just give it a try and I was like you know I, I don't know I might be done with officiating and um he's like no just just try and so um yeah I I found out who I needed to talk to I got some just great um Eads Eads had put in good words for me um, you know Greg Bennett like they they all the all the women's supervisors around the, the camps that I would be going to you know they they talked to them and just you know just kind of let them know you know what I was doing and and um it ended up uh ended up working out really well and and for again it's a personal thing for whatever reason I I've just I, I that passion got rekindled um and I've just uh, since 2015 I've been working women's basketball and it's just for me it's just been the most fun uh that I've had very interesting story switching from the men's to the women's side especially when you reach the division one level I haven't really heard that before but that's you know a testament to you and kind of refinding your passion and being self-aware knowing you know which uh decisions to make which steps to to make to get you to the place to ultimately make you happy in your career right um did you jump right to division one women's after you retired from men's so the division one coordinator for this area at the time was um charlene curtis and charlene had the acc the colonial the southern and the big south um and so uh that was who I had reached out to. That's who my other supervisors on the men's side had talked to. And so I had a good conversation with, with Charlene. And, um, you know, I told her, I, I was like, I, I am not coming to these camps expecting, I'm not expecting you to pick me up. I, you know, I, I may not be what you need. And so I'm, I, I didn't want her to think I was coming in with any of these, you know, preconceived notions um, that I was gonna be the best thing, you know, since sliced bread or whatever. Um, and so, you know, through those conversations, she told me, she said, well, she said, our, our mechanics are a little different. Our floor coverage is a little different. She said, what I would like for you to do is go to um, uh, these two D3 camps. One was done by Tommy Salerno um, and the other was uh, with Vicki Van Cleek. And Tommy does the USA South on the D3 level and Vicki does the ODAC on the D3 level. And I told Charlene, I said, sure, whatever, whatever you think I should do, that's, that's what I'll do. Um, and so Tommy's was the first camp that I went to in Greensboro, uh, followed uh, later on in the summer with Vicky's uh, up in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And um, it was just, the, the camps went great. I met, uh, I met the guy who would end up becoming my mentor um, at Tommy's camp. Uh, his, his name is uh, Brian Burnett. He was a 2015 Final Four official uh, in the women's official. And um, you know, through, through, you know, talking with him and, and um, his tutelage and stuff and, and the way things happen at those, at those D3 camps, I actually did end up uh, getting in the Big South that year. Um, and so Charlene gave me, uh, you know, a few, a few of those early season non-conference games and stuff to really get me in there. And she, she, funny thing is she came and watched me my first game. Uh, we were at um, High Point University, which is in Greensboro, and they were, they were, um, play, you know, playing an early season non-conference and Charlene was there. And, and I remember I, I, I called a foul, I was in the lead and it was one of the ones where, you know, the defender just kind of, you know, her hands came down as the as shooter was going up. 
And so I remember I called the foul and I, I did like this to show kind of what happened. And, uh, and after the game, Charlene came in the locker room and, and she said, can I ask you a question? And I was like, sure. She's like, well, what is this? And I kind of explained, I was like, oh, you know, it just came down on the shooter. She's like, she's like, did, did you do that on the men's side? I was like, yeah, I did. And she's like, okay, well, we don't do that over here. I said, okay, fair enough. Um, and so it was just, it was really funny, but she was, she was such a great, uh, a great teacher as well. And um, to, to learn from people like Charlene and Tommy and Vicky, when I first got in was just, uh, it was just, I, I, I really can't express like how valuable that was. How quickly did you pick up the uh, rules and mechanics? How was it for you working that first year uh, as a first year women's official, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, like one of the, the tougher transitions was the coverage the lead has um, because, you know, on the women's side, we have free throw line extended, you know, down the paint, but we go all the way out to the sideline. So we've got that corner three, um, you know, as we're on the men's side at the time, I don't, I don't know. If can't at the time. It. Yes. Yeah. Correct. At, at the, time. At the yep. time, you know, the, on the men's side, we didn't, that was, that was the trails. Um so, you know, there was a, there was an adjustment there. Um, there was an adjustment from um, being the trail. Sometimes, you know, on the men's side, we were trail going, driving, you know, taking the ball to the hole. We've got that matchup all the way to the hole, right? Well, on the women's side, once that ball gets, if it comes down, once that ball gets below that free throw line in the leads area, that's, you know, that's leads play. Um, so there, there was a little bit of, of, um, adjustment to that we also have the lower defensive box in our game um which i'm not gonna lie that took me mm. took me a while to 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 really get used to because it's just um just you know something else to process and um so but you know it, we we were very clear um especially now like we have our ball handler dribbler fouls you know our our arm bars our two hands our multiple touches you know, state hands, like those, those are automatics for us. Like we don't, you know, those are just as soon as when they happen, we happen. Uh, we, you know, when it caught, when it happens, we call them. Um, so, you know, there was just, there was just an, an adjustment of maybe in some of the philosophies and, and things like that. Um, but I feel like I got it down. Um, it, it, uh, it, it's just been, the adjustment wasn't quite, as difficult as maybe I, I thought it was going to be for most of it, with the exception of some of the things like the LDB and picking up some different coverage areas. And uh, where are you at now as far as your career? Are you, you know, how far are you looking to take it? Are you happy with where you're at? Are you still going to some of these um, big, you know, four camps or these consortium alliance camps to try to get in some of the top conferences? Yeah, yeah. So uh, things changed a little bit um, a few years ago. Charlene retired. Um, and then um, Debbie Williamson, who had had some other conferences, um, also picked up those for her. And then, um, you know, Judy Stroud uh, it came in to, to help her out in the conferences, you know, that I'm, I'm in with her, like in kind of in the, the lower part of the region. So, um, yeah, the, the camps, the camps kind of changed um, a little bit, but I'm still, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned, I think I put this on the questionnaire. Um, you know, I, I heard it from Matthew McConaughey years ago, and, and ever since I changed that, it made sense. Like, 
you know, happiness, and I think it happens to a lot of officials, um, you know, we're like, man, I'll, if I can get in this conference, I'll be happy. If I can get, man, if I can just get that playoff game, I'll be happy. If I can get this big time rivalry matchup, I'll be happy. Um, and then some, sometimes, you know, we attain that. And then it's like that the thing with happiness is it can be fleeting. And so I shifted that mindset to what I had heard him say was finding joy in the process. And man, I'm telling you that changed my outlook a whole lot. You know, he even said, he's like, when I, when I concentrated on, on just finding joy on doing what it was that I wanted to do that I was passionate about, he said he got more, you know, recognition and accolades than he, than he's ever gotten before. Um, I, I work more games now, you know, than I, than I ever have before. And it's just, it's the whole process, the, the process of, of, um, failing, you know, and, and learning how to take that and, and learn from it and, and become even better, but just finding joy through, through the whole thing, through studying the, the rule books, through watching the, the game film, to, um, you know, knowing what my weaknesses were and trying to see it on film and then trying to adjust that and just focusing on that and not really trying to concern myself with, I mean, yeah, everybody wants to get in the, in the high conferences. Everybody wants to work the final four in the tournament. I mean, we, you know, we, we all want to do that, but to not make that what makes me happy um, has, has been the, probably one of the greater mindset or I guess paradigm shifts that that's helped me. I mean, you're basically talking about my favorite topic of all time at this point in my life, you know, mindset and happiness. Yeah. Um, and you said happiness is fleeting. And then I kind of um, connected with connected it to your other point about it's fleeting if you if it's based on or it's predicated on your playoff assignments yeah. or like the game that you're going to get as a basketball official. Yeah, it's it doesn't have to be fleeting. Because right. what I realized yeah. is I think about two things with happiness. Uh, I feel like it's a natural emotion that we have when certain things happen throughout our life, whether it's with uh, our loved ones or job, it could be anything, right? Just like a moment where you feel that's that rush of happiness, right? Joy. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to lead though. That, that rush might leave, mm -hmm. but the idea of being happy 24 hours a day or however long you're up throughout that day, is 100% attainable if you choose it. So yeah. happiness is, is an emotion, but it's also a choice. Yeah. For me, I feel like it's a choice, but it's also a skill. Yeah, yeah, I can see it, that. It's a choice and a skill to be able to know how to be happy all the time. And it takes a lot of work in your head. Yeah. In the, la in the lab. Um, Let's talk. Let's stay on the subject and and talk about what what were you not happy about most as a men's official? What can you point to that made you lose some of your passion? Um, you know there were. I think there were some times where, again, I think I was I was predicating some stuff on on, you know, man, I should be, you know, why am I not in this conference, you know, or or in the conferences I'm in, you know, why am I not getting this, this particular game or, or something like that? Um, Comparison. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that wasn't the whole of it. Like, I mean, there were, there were some personal things going on outside of basketball that also kind of affected my outlook on life and stuff like that. So what that did was that took something that wasn't, it wasn't really a big deal about not getting that certain game or whatever. And it just kind of 
you know, magnet made it look worse than it was like in my head. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, it's, it's true. There's a lot of stuff that goes on outside of basketball that can affect us, you know, on the court or, you know, in, in that journey. And so, like I said, that was part of it. Um, and I just got to the point where I just, you know, the, the drives, you know, the, the four hours, five hours in the car, um, you know, I just, I, I was just at a place where I just, I just wasn't happy with it. And that's why I was just thinking about walking away. I, not that I felt like anybody owed me anything at that point, but it was like, I was like, if I'm going to be this negative in my head, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm doing the game, um, you know, the service that it deserves. And so it wasn't, I didn't leave or, and I didn't walk away or anything because I didn't think I was getting where I need to be. I, I was leaving because I felt like I was in such kind of a negative space at that time that I, I wasn't going to do the, the service that the, the game itself deserved, if that makes sense. When you crossed over to the women's side, when did you start to build that momentum in your mind that kind of told you that this was the right path to take? Um, you know, I, I give a lot of credit um, to to my mentor. He is um, he's one of the most positive people uh, I've ever met. And, um, you know, he was just uh, he he was really good uh, friends with Charlene. He had become really good friends with Charlene. And so they were kind of they kind of had the same uh, thing that they were saying. Uh, Charlene, Brian told me this, and then Charlene, I'd also heard her say it. Charlene talked about uh, rungs of the ladder was one of her speeches. And she talked about, you know, how we always, we all want to climb that ladder um, and get to, you know, that final four, that, you know, whatever it is. But it, sometimes if we go too fast and then we have something where we fall, if we don't have some of those rungs to catch us, we fall a long way. Um, as where, if we take, if we, if we have that time and build that experience and have more of those rungs, then when we do fall, we've got something to grab hold of before we fall very far. Um, so taking that mind, just completely changing my mindset to where I was, I wasn't, I didn't expect a certain number of games. I didn't expect to get in certain conferences. I didn't expect anything. And, and right now I still don't. I, 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 you know, I tell my supervisors, I go where you tell me to go when you tell me to go. And, and it's, it's not up to me as to, uh, you know, as to where I think I should be, or, or I, I just don't even concern myself with that anymore. Um, it, it, I think changing that mindset, um, that, that was, pro that was the biggest thing. And I think that's why I, I do have so much, you know, joy these past, you know, seven years now. Um, and it came from Brian and, and Charlene. Besides uh, some of the rules and, and the mechanics and just the game being different, what are some of the differences between women's and men's as far as like partnering, the culture of uh, just partnering? Um, I have, you know, there were, there were some really, really good guys on, on the men's side um, that I worked with. Um, and, and I enjoyed that. There's just... I don't know if I can really explain it correctly. I don't know. There's just something a little different to, again, personally to me um, in the locker room um, and some of the camaraderie that goes on, you know, outside uh, of, of basketball, even, um, you know, I, I've, I've made some really good friends for life, you know, that, that uh, whenever any of us walk away from the game, we still have, we still have some really, you know, solid connections. 
Um, you know, so, so that was my journey. It was just, maybe it's my personality, my demeanor, whatever, whatever it was, it just seemed to, to fit a little bit better as to what was going on or what's going on on the women's side. And how's your season going this year, Brian? What has uh, stood out? Any, you know, particular plays you want to share with us? Any stories about uh, games or um, just interesting, you know, scenarios from or learning takeaways from your games too? Um, yeah, so I think one of the things that I've learned um, through my journey is that it doesn't matter if I'm working with that 25, 30-year veteran or if I'm working with that, that first-year rookie, second-year, whatever there's something that I can absolutely learn um, from, from every single one of them. And I, I, you know, I learned that this journey cannot be done alone. It, it cannot, you cannot do it alone. And, and, and the success that, that I've had is because of what those other officials have poured into me. And then I try to turn around and pour that into, to, to anybody else. Like I, I love teaching and instructing younger officials that are coming up. Um, so, you know, so this season, um, <laughs> one of the things, one of our rule changes this year was if we have a play that goes that need that triggers a review, um, if we have not had our, our media timeout that it now triggers the it does trigger the media timeout as uh, as well. And so there was a game I had earlier this year where we had a play that needed to be reviewed. And it was a it was a um, it was a rough play that, that that um that need that was going to be upgraded and um so we 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 were just so focused on that and it took a while to, to get to it we finally came to our ruling and then we were getting ready to put the ball in play and i remember i looked at the i looked at the crew chief and i was like we're supposed to go to media this year now are we and he's like oh yeah i was like so, so you know then we have to go and we have to we we told the talent what we had had with with the review and then now we got to come back to him and say yeah sorry we're we're getting we got to send you back to media because i think the tv had already gone to media and so then we had to turn around and send them back to media so that was a little uh it was a little hitch there but um you know it, it's it, I, i've been involved in just some some really good games there's been um some really good teams there's some exceptional athletes out there um there just there are some girls out there that can just <laughs> score. I mean, I've I've seen some shots go up that I'm like, I have no idea how that even went in. Um, and so you know, it's it's just I've had some overtime games. You know, just the typical kind of season where you just I find myself like even out there on the court, like man, I I love this. This is just so much fun. Even even though I've got a coach saying something to me, I've got you know the fans behind me who who. Uh, are pretty sure I've never refed a game before in my life. And I'm just like, man, this is just, this is actually really fun. All right. So the coach is saying something to you. What are you going to say to him, Brian? How do you uh, handle it? You know, it, it depends. Um, I, I will say that that was a difference in the men's side and the women's side. Um, I, I feel like there were certain ways that you could approach uh, a coach on the men's side or certain things that you could say to a coach on the men's side that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, or, or shouldn't do on the women's side. Um, especially, especially when, you know, if I, if, if it's a male and if as me as a male, and then we have a female coach, um, you know, there's just, there's just, 
there's a, a, a better way, you know, to approach things. So that, but all that to be said, there are some coaches that I can absolutely joke around with and, and, um, you know, can kind of say something that way. There's some coaches I cannot joke with at all. And so they, they want to get more to the point of, you know, what did you have? What did you see? And then that's it. And so it's, it's actually kind of fun learning which coach, um, which coach, how they, how they like to communicate. Do they want me to just get right to the point? You know, do they want me to, you know, to be a little more humorous with it or anything like that. So it, it depends on the coach, but uh, I will tell you there was one time uh, I, I called a foul and it's one of the ones where the moment I blew the whistle and was calling the foul. And I was like, man, Brian, you kicked that one. You absolutely kicked it. And, and I see the coaches, he's already standing there. He's already doing hands like this. And we stay table side when we report. And so I'm walking to the table and as I'm, before I get ready to report, I look at him and I said, I'll come talk to you. And so I report or whatever. And I go over to him and he's just, look, he's got, he's kind of a little wide eyed and he's just like, he, I mean, he, I'd repped his games before. He says, Brian, that may have been the worst call I've ever seen. And I said, coach, it's the worst call you've ever seen so far. <laughs> the night's still young. And he, <laughs> and he immediately just kind of, I mean, he, it, that way, that was my way, humorous way of saying, I completely missed that one. I absolutely missed that one. And I was letting him know I missed it. And then it, it also caught, he laughed. It calmed him down and, and, you know, we moved on, but um, yeah, that was, that was one of my funnier moments. And thankfully it was one of the coaches I could say that to. Okay. So does he say that like in joking manner or how does, what's his volume when he says a, a comment? No, no, like he that? was, he was, he's the coach that can, that can, uh, his volume can get up really quick. Um, but he had seen me enough before over the years that we've kind of developed that that little you know bit of rapport that that we that I can have like I I don't I I wouldn't do that to the first time I'd ever seen a coach um just because I I feel like there's got to be that somewhat of that little bit of connection or familiarity or something that, you know that that they kind of understand so he was he was a guy that could that can get animated really quick um and so that's why when I saw him that's that's why I even mouthed to him before I even started reporting I'll come talk to you because that was that was my way of already trying to tell him yes I'm, I'm going to come talk to you right now let's you know let's a little little preventative um communicating there did he want to come talk to you did he request it or he just initiated that oh he he was going to uh he was going to talk to me at Either either he was coming going to come out or or meet me as close as he could get to me at the table, um, or tell me come here I need to talk to you and and kind of no uncertain terms but yeah so I, I already knew it was coming and but the bonus was I knew I I had just I had missed it um, so and I wanted to own up to that and let him know yeah I I, I missed it I, I hope I don't miss another one like that on you but yeah I, I did miss that one. So just to stay on this topic, one of the things I'm talking about this year is from like a game management and communication point of view is to have the same approach with coaches, regardless if we miss a call. Now, that could be kind of uncomfortable, yeah. right? Because I think we all just naturally feel, oh, if we miss something, we deserve yeah. to hear it. Right. We deserve to hear it. And I think we've gone way too far the other way where we need to address like um, like a comment like that. Um, yeah. 
And so that's just something I'm trying to stay consistent with this year. Because listen, just because we miss something does not mean you get to scream at us. Correct. We're going to miss calls. You have to understand the right way to respond to when something doesn't go your way during the game. So, um, yeah. I, and I and I love playing playing these kind of uh, you know back and forth about what we would say to a coach or best practices. If I would have heard that, and and again, you were just communicating contextually in the moment you've had the coach before, so that's what you felt was the best way to respond. I'm gonna I'm gonna I would never him. Uh, I speak a lot with the mentor group about using that as like an introduction to whatever you're gonna say. But I would never tell you you just drew up the worst play of all time, coach. I have right. way too much respect for you to do that. Right. Yeah. Yes, you're, you know, you're right. I, I, I missed it and I got to take accountability for that, but it doesn't mean you get to make a comment like that. Yeah. And I, the, the way I more than typically approach um, coaches is I, I tend to ask more of a question if they're, you know, if they're, I've had them before where they've had, kind of had their hands up and I've gone to them and I'm just, I can't, you got to put your hands down. I can't talk to you while your hands, because I'll start saying something. I was like, I, I can't talk to you while your hands are up. I got to get, you got to get them down. And, or I'll walk them back. Like you got to, you got to walk back with me. You got to come back. But I, but I, I it's I, you got to walk back. I can't talk to you yet till you get back. Um, just something to kind of set that tone there. And then, you know, I, I tend to be more, I was like, well, what did you see from, from the angle you had? What did you see? Um, and then I just try to kind of let them answer that. Um, and then I'll kind of, you know, I'll say, well, well, obviously, well, they knew what I saw from my angle. And, um, but it's one of the ones where sometimes if, if they're receptive to me, uh, kind of telling them, you know, what it was I had or whatever, then that's fine. But if they're just, if they just want to make their, their point across, then I've had times where I've said, well, you know, coach, if that's what you saw from your angle, uh, on that play and then if that's what happened then I then I missed it and then you're right and it's for me that it's not 100% but for me that tends to kind of diffuse them because you know, what can they say at that if I tell them yeah I you know if that's what happened then I missed it um, now I can't I can't co keep going doing that you know multiple times a game you know I can get do it maybe once um, but you know just I, again I just try to let them I try to go with that human element that there's, you know, that we can, we can have communication. You're not going to yell at me across the court. You're not going to yell at our crew across the court. And um, we had a coach last night. She started to say something to my partner, called something from the lead. And I was over there and I looked at her and I was like, you, you know, we'll talk to you just kind of that, you know, we'll talk to you. And she kind of, she, she like immediately just kind of came calm down a little bit. I was like, you know, we'll talk to you. We, if, if we don't talk to you and she's, and, and she was fine. So um, I, I try to let coaches know that if, you know, if, if we can talk to them, if they want us to talk to them, we're not going to carry on conversations all night long. Um, but, you know, if they have a question or something, it's, we're not going to ignore them um, unless they've done some kind of action or something that's warranted for us, that warning for misconduct. Um, you know, if, if I've warned you for misconduct, you're not, you're definitely not going to keep asking us questions. Um, it's just, you know, we're, we're done with that part of it. Um, you know, and I've, I've had to tell assistant coaches or other coaches, like, I, I, you can't referee the game tonight. I can't, or, you know, they'll try to say something to me and something will happen. And they're like, you, you missed that hold. And I can't talk to you and referee at the same time. You got to choose which one you want me to do. I'd much rather referee this game. Um, you know, so there's, there's different approaches that I've, that I've had. Um, 
but you know I, I just try to let them know we can communicate on a very professional level you know we can but yeah the, the yelling across the court um something like that that yeah well, no we're, we're that part we're not going to do do you use the word professional in your responses i don't think so um i i kind of talk about maybe like in a pregame i talk to other officials um maybe about like professional but when i'm when i'm talking to coaches i, I try to avoid saying like by rule uh, no uh, i don't yeah i don't think we should say by rule that's because that just sounds yeah it, it just sounds i don't know snooty i guess is a word not to to me you know whatever but that's just that's a personally that's something i, I that's a phrase that i i don't use with coaches. It, it's one of the most basic things a ref could ever say yeah yeah you know and ineffective things yeah that that no one wants to hear Right. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like coaches would kind of immediately put up a wall, kind of a much more defensive wall. If I just go, well, by rule, da da da. So, yeah, you don't you don't tell them by rule. You tell them the rule. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, this is uh, this is great. This is good stuff. Um, what else we want to touch on here? We talked about some of the aspects of officiating that you're passionate about. What do you What do you love most about refing? Um, it's still, it's being around the game. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, the little intricacies of the game. It's, you know, when these, when these subs come in, it's, it's, um, okay. They're, they're taking their big girl out. They're putting in a, a, another shooter. So here we go. They're trying to do a little, they're trying to get some outside shots falling now. Like, how's that going to change the game? Um, you know, that there's that part, there's the camaraderie that I have with the, the other, you know, officials. Um, you know, there's, there's the excitement of being in that really close game and the fans are into it and the band is going and it's just like, you know, it's just like, man, this is, this is just fantastic. Um, and then to be able to take, uh, like I mentioned before, to take what I learn, I'm also very passionate about, um, teaching the younger officials as they're coming up. And I've, it's, you, you know, you asked me about things for, for success, uh, on the questionnaire and I put something down and and you know the other day I was like man I really want to change that to the success that I think I've had is is when I look at at people that uh I I helped in some way and they're you know they're working in the ACC they're you know they're doing like they're they're just really thriving um or they're working their high school um conference tournament or you know whatever level they're at you know they're just they're really doing a great job and you know I, I think to me that's the successful part because I'm it's not I didn't invent the wheel it's something that others poured into me that I didn't get a chance to pour into somebody else and uh yeah that's that's the other passionate part I really really enjoy about officiating yeah just giving back to the game that's uh, yeah. just exactly what we're doing here. Everybody on the call, that's what we're seeking and um, just trying to pass on information. Because like you said earlier, there's no way you could really move up and officiate and get good without others relaying everything they've learned right across their, their journey and through their games and experience. So to pay it forward yeah. is to do the same thing. We're trying to do it in a major way over here. So um let's see you have a w uh you have an nit postseason first round that's a great assignment 2017 yeah 
Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I was not expecting. You got to remember, I made the switch in 2015. Um, I know. So quick, quick jump. Yeah. Um, Patty, Patty Broderick, who, uh, who's a supervisor, I think with the big, big 10, big 12, some other, she, she helped set up the WNIT stuff. And I, I get a phone call and it's Patty Broderick. And she said, um, you know, there's, there's a WNIT game in your region. Um, are you available to work it? <laughs> She's like, yes, of course I'm available. Whatever, whatever I had on my calendar is cleared. I promise you I'm available. Um, so that was, that was a really, uh, really fun experience uh, to work that. That's awesome. And you worked the final four, uh, NCAA division three, final four in 2019. Did you get to travel a little bit for that or was in your, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is South? it was, it was held in, um, uh, Roanoke College, who's in the ODAC, uh, hosted it. And so it was just an hour away. Um, so, but it was, it was just fantastic. I mean, the atmosphere at, at a final four, um, it, yeah, it was, it was great. I got to meet some, uh, great officials, um, that came in some of the crews from the Northeast and stuff. And I was just like, it's just like, you know, that, that, fraternity and just that brotherhood and sisterhood of, of other officials it's like you know like the moment I'd never really met them before in the moment we say it's just like that instant connection and we just we had so much fun that weekend even just uh, I think I sent you a picture we just took a shopping trip to TJ Maxx for whatever reason just clowning around and it was just like you know just like we'd known each other for years um, and then just the games it was just the whole experience was just, it was, it was really, really phenomenal. You've been watching a lot of film this year, Brian? I'll, always. Yeah. Always watch film. Um, especially, um, a lot, thankfully a, a lot of, or, or some of the conferences I work in use DV sport. And so, um, you know, I can have, it's, you know, right there on the iPad when I get done and I can, I can pull up plays and I have, you know, some multiple camera angles. Um, Cause you know, we, just the other day, I had a play that looked like it, 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 she she kind of hopped twice, and it um, you know the the opposing coach is just she she's like how is that not a travel, and I was on the inline um, and I had a foul, and you know I tried to explain to her she never had the ball, but now from from the camera angle that the the program angle and the overhead angles it absolutely looks hundred percent like she traveled. There's only one angle that shows she does it, and that's the inline right where I was standing. And you can, she's in between two people, and you can kind of see, you just see the ball get batted around. So the, the whole time she's those two jumps that she makes, she doesn't have the ball. Um, so it's it's those things like that that I'm I I, I study film, I study my positioning, like uh, you, you know, calls that I miss, where where could I have positioned myself better? Um, one of the I will tell you one of the problem plays for me is somehow getting stacked into something i'll have a great i my supervisor sent me a clip the other day where there's a there's an offensive foul i'm in there's an on ball matchup and i'm in great position to see this and as the offensive player goes to move two other players cut in front of me and the defender in the meantime the defender goes down so i don't see the start develop and finish i just see the start and finish i missed the whole develop part because i just had players run between me that stack and it was just, if I would have just, if I could have seen them, if I would have focused and seen them coming, all I had to do was take a half a step up and I still have that open angle 
and I can see that offensive because it wasn't much, but it was enough that it displaced the defender and it should have been an offensive foul. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly watching film um, just, and just going over plays and just seeing what reaffirming what I've done. Right. I'm not just looking to make sure I got calls, right. I'm looking to make sure that if this call was right, where was I standing, you know, or how can I better help the crew? Am I not rotating at the right time? Just, just kind of, all of it in, in compass, not just not just to make myself feel better about, yeah, yeah, I got that call right, you know. You know, they say film never lies, but in actuality it does if you're only watching it from one camera angle. Yeah. So, I mean, there's only so much certainty that you're going to have watching from that main camera angle that all the games are filmed on. The, that is a phenomenal technology for DV Sports, the fact that you can look at one singular play from how many different angles can you see from? Uh, it, it depends. Uh, like the game I was in the other day was four. I've had a game where we've had six. So it's just however many. That's incredible. Yeah. Have you ever watched that and looked at a play from the six different angles? Yeah. So when we, in those games, when we go to the monitor um, for a play, um, one of the things that um, in camp, so, you know, I've heard uh, everybody knows D Cantner and D said, one thing you want to do is you want to look at every angle. And she said, you even asked them, is there, does TV have an angle that we may not have right here? Um, and that's, that's always helped me. So anytime we go to the monitor, we're looking at every single angle just to make sure, because it's like you said, we know it's a game of angles on the floor. It's the same thing with cameras. We can, it may look, it may look one way for a certain camera. And then you may find that one angle on this, bang bang out of bounds play with under two minutes to go where you're like oh no white did hit it last you know you couldn't you couldn't see the change of direction or rotation of the ball from any other camera angle except that one so we make sure we go through every single camera angle. probably the truest way to review your film is to have yeah. access to multiple camera angles and yeah and the hard plays or you know just take a bunch of plays from that night and, and watch them on multiple angles that's definitely a great way to accelerate your growth and something I've never experienced. So I hope to one day. Oh yeah, you will. Yeah. Um, anybody from the, on the call right now, have any questions for Brian? I know we've got, uh, we got Jeremy, we got Brad, we got Tom, Tom posting some plays today in discord looking good. What's up, Tom? How's it going guys? I actually do have a question for you, Brian. Sure. I'll I'll show my face here if I can. It's always a good Let's thing see. showing your face. Um, thanks for being here first and foremost. Um, I'm I'm curious. Have you ever had in your career throughout? I mean, before when you were in NCAA men's and now in women's, do you ever like go through feelings of self doubt or like you know imposter syndrome that sort of thing where you kind of feel like, am I really like in the place where I'm supposed to be? Like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Um, and it's, I, it, you know, I think it's kind of like what Paul was, was kind of alluding to before to, to achieve that positive mindset. It's tough because it's so easy for us, even outside of basketball to just go to a, like a negative place and to, and to, you know, kind of that doubt and stuff like that. And then it's um, yeah, I, I've, I've had those, those thoughts. And then I think one of the things that helped me was, um, you know, these, these coordinators that have put me in, whatever game it is I'm working, whatever level it is I'm working for, for that night, 
you know, they, they put me there for a reason. They have a job to do. Um, they're not just going to throw, you know, anybody out there. They recognize that I can get the job, that I can do the job. Um, and so it's like, once I started thinking about it that way, um, because I, I, I've never been one to, like, I don't really like to self-tout or, you know, I don't really like to talk about myself that much. Um, and so once I started to look at it from, from that perspective, I was like, you know, those, no, these, these are people that, that know, that know what they're doing. Um, you know, I, I, some of my coordinators worked in the WNBA, one of them's getting ready to go into the women's hall of fame. Um, they know the game. They know a lot more about the game than I do. Um, and so for them to have that kind of um, confidence in me to put me in whatever game it is for them, that's just, that's another way that I kind of fight through that self-doubt um, that, you know, no, I, I where I am right now is where I'm supposed to be. I may not be in this conference next year, but that, you know, I'll let next year handle next year when that gets here. Right now, this year, tonight, whatever it is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And that's that's really helped me, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I've obviously as a young official, I'm about to be 22 in a few months. And so uh, I get a lot of people who look at me both from like officials and coaches and other people who are at games be like, oh, what's this like child doing here? Um, so there's definitely been a, a few moments where, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, man, like, am I really like too young to do it? But it's really just where you have to you know, let your game talk for you. Um, yeah. And I wish I would have gotten into it when I was your age. I didn't, I didn't get into it until I was, let's see, I'm going to be 77. I was 28, maybe, I think 28 when I um, first started getting into it. Um, so yeah, I, I wish, I wish I would have, would have started. So I, I commend you for, for doing that for sure. Yeah. And Tom, don't let their doubt con contribute to your doubt. The fact that these outside voices may be doubtful of your appearance or whatever, and go the other way with it. Look at it as an incredible opportunity to be underrated. Being underrated is great. Very true. Yeah, I actually have another one for you, Brian. If, if we have a uh, we have the time for it, um, however much time you need. Um, so I am. I have a couple friends who are on the women's side, um, and there are, there are people who are saying, "Oh, you know, like I haven't had anyone specifically on the men's side because I went to my first men's camps last year, um, and I didn't obviously get picked up because I was young and I wasn't really that wasn't really the goal in mind." Um, but there are a lot of people who are saying, oh, you know, like go to the women's side, like you'll move up faster or something like that. And like, you'll like it better. Um, so I'm kind of going to try and dip my foot in both sides this summer. And, you know, as much as money can afford to at this point, um, and see kind of which side either picks me up and gives me an opportunity or which side and rule set I like more. Do you have any like input on kind of which you like better as an official or like which you kind of worked with better i guess earlier on yeah and again i you know i this is just my um personal experience um i think you know like i'd mentioned earlier tonight like for some reason i guess with my demeanor um and just with my personality and, and um it just seemed i just for whatever reason i just feel more comfortable on the on the women's side than i ever really did on the men's side um you know, I've also heard, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that where some people are like, come over to the women's side, you can move up faster and da, da, da. Like I've heard that too, but um, 
I, I, I would caution you with that. I don't, I don't, personally speaking, I don't see that as being true. Um, what I see uh, on the women's side is they are looking for quality officials. And um, it's, it's not that it's not based that way on the men's side, but I'm just saying on, they're just, it's how it's, can you referee? Can you, are you, you know, they, every, every coordinator doesn't want you twos. They want referees. And so they, you know, it's, it's approached with that mindset. Um, so, it, it, you know, I, 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 like I talked about before, I, I don't know that I would go into it with the mindset of, of, um, you know, well, if, you know, if, if I don't get picked up, then, you know, it's just going to be awful because uh, I, I know some people that weren't picked up the first couple of times they came to camp and, um, you know, the, the coordinators told them what they would like for them to work on and stuff like that. And the ones that listened to them and, and busted their butts and did what they did, eventually they ended up making it. And some of them, some of them work higher levels than I do. Um, and it, so it's just about, it, it's timing. Um, there's just many different things that go into it where you live versus, you know, where the schools are. There's, there's so many different things that coordinators have to do. I, I don't envy their job at all, but I would just go into the mindset of I'm going to do at this camp, whatever it is, men's or women's, I'm going to do the best I can do at this camp. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it the best. I'm going to listen to the feedback and um, I'm going to, you know, you might not, you might not like all the feedback, but there's there's little things you can take with you. You don't have to chew the whole thing. You can just take little parts and bring it back with you. And then, you know, just build on your foundation from there. And regardless of how old you are or what other people are saying about you or whatever, when you've got that foundation built and you're like, when you show that you that you can referee, that takes care of itself. Well, I appreciate the insight. That's uh, awesome to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately you just got to decide where you want to end up. Like what would be, you know, map out. What are your goals? Do you want to make just division one in either of them just to be a division one official for maybe the financial reasons or uh, for just because that's an amazing feat. Um, do you, what do you love more? So you're in like full control here and you're at such a point where you're young too. I mean, you could go pick women's and do it for seven years and then at 29 come back and be like, have a full men's career. And Brian is proof of that, right? So if one person did it, then anybody can do it. So you just do what makes you happy. Do what you like more. Yeah, Tom, there's a, there's, I'll give you an example of one person who started out on the women's side uh for i think he worked three years maybe four and then he switched to the men's side um he had a i think people would say a fairly decent career um but uh, uh his name was uh mr mike eads and um I, I think he ended up ended up doing okay yeah I've, I've i've heard that name a few times so yeah i think he's made a, a good career for himself and while we're on that topic, Christine Desparza, who I featured in a post uh, yesterday, her and Crystal Hogan are NCAA Division One men's officials. And I know at least on Christine did the women's for a long time and then switched over. I think Crystal shared that same story too. So she's going to be coming on uh, our podcast probably in, in February too. So I have a, 
Yeah. So we're 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 happy to to feature you tonight, Brian. Um, anybody oh, so... else have any? Uh, yeah. Would anybody else have any questions for you before? Um, before we ask Brian, is there anything else you want to say to the um, dedicated officials that are listening in tonight? Anything you want to leave them with? If there's, um, if there's, I'll be more than happy to give you my email. If there's any, if there, I don't know if you want to send a play and say, hey, what's your thought on this? Or if there's any way I can help you in any way, I am, you know, more than happy to do what I can. I may not be able to get to it right away, but uh, I, I, I will get to it and I'll just, give you what what i've got and and you can take it or leave it it will not hurt my feelings but yeah if i can help in any way just let me know absolutely and I, i'd love to give you access to our platform too if you're interested and um, you know we we speak on a daily and weekly basis there's 36 channels i don't know are you familiar with discord mm -hmm. yeah yeah so we have uh our discord server has 36 channels and they really cover every aspect of the game from like there's a channel for every topic and more. We have communication channel, game management channel, play calling channel, mindset channel, um, play sharing channel, which is one of the most popular ones. Um, then we have all the rule-based channels split up, like the NC, uh, excuse me, NFHS chat, um, NCA men's chat, NCA women's chat, pro rules chat, FIBA chat. This way, when we're speaking about any kind of rules content, we clearly separate separate that so there's no confusion so that's another way how crown refs can like service uh all the different officials so if you have time and because it's a lot of information um let me know and I'll, i would love to bring you in and you sure, know let's yeah. be let's be a part of it yeah we'll connect on that absolutely awesome well I, I really thank you for your time um have a great rest of your season and i'll be reaching out soon to do another uh great piece of art for the referee community I look forward to it. And yeah, thanks again for your, for your, your time as well. And for allowing me to speak. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the crown refs podcast. Serve the game.